When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, into the ESPN FC studios for today's edition of the show. Alongside Craig Burley, Shaka Hislop, I'm Sebastian Salazar. Great to have you with us. We're going to hear from the World Cup winner, Frank LaBeouf, in just a little bit. But let's start in the Premier League. Newcastle one nothing winners over Manchester United. Anthony Gordon, the goal in the 55th minute. That was the difference, Craig. Well, for much of this game, this was one-way traffic, all going Newcastle's way. Newcastle then picking up the three points. What does it mean at the top of the Premier League table? Well, Newcastle knocking on the door of the top four. Meanwhile, uh, Manchester United falling all the way to seventh. All right, for more on this, good time to welcome into the show the World Cup winner, Frank LeBeau. Frank, uh, get your thoughts on this in just a second. But, Craig, I want to start with you. As you mentioned, it was one-way traffic there. I mean, Manchester United won nothing. They might have got off easy. Well, this was 1-0 in terms of... Score line, but there was a country mile between the two sides. You can just mark this down as another completely embarrassing performance against one of the bigger teams in the Premier League. I mean, let's put it one way they're seventh in the league now, the bottom of the Champions League group. The only teams they can beat in the Premier League, mm. Man United that is, is the cannon fodder that are around mid table and below. Anybody who's got anything about them in this division, they get outplayed and generally they get beat. So when they play the teams, the big teams, have a look at the, these results. And that's just a small hypnosis of how this season's going for them, you know. And let, let's look at it in another way. Newcastle, and I know Man United have injuries, Newcastle have arguably got a much worse injury list and they lost their goalkeeper today, which looked like quite a serious injury to his side. They hammer Chelsea at home, last week who were hapless. They go to Paris against all the odds with bare bones with two goalies on the bench. Last weekend they had three goalies in the bench and a bunch of kids. They go to Paris, they could have got three points, they get a draw and then they welcome Man United to town and they completely, Shaq, and I mean completely, yeah. outplay this United side. And, and the thing for me is, if, if you're Manchester United coming into this, seeing some of the issues that Newcastle have, same starting 11 in all three of those games, no substitutes used uh, against PSG, you think Newcastle would be the ones running out this team. But in, in fact, uh, until it, it became really desperate, you saw Manchester United start to press. Newcastle dominated possession, even in the later stages, even with... with, with out being able to call on, on anybody off of their bench. It, it, at times, it was it was a little embarrassing. And, and I say that because, again, we're talking about, yes, Manchester United also played in, in, in midweek in, in Champions League, but a team that do not have substitutes to call on, yet still, it is Kieran Trippier and Livramento, the two fullbacks, 
who are doing all the running on the park. The goal comes from, from Kieran Trippier going around on, on the outside and, and nobody tracking as, as Dallow has to, has to kind of tuck inside. And that was the story of the whole game. Marcus Rashford could do nothing because Livermento just kept pushing him all, all the way back. Um, you saw at the end is Bruno Guimaraes who's, who's chasing the ball down. Nobody could match his legs. And, and from a Manchester United perspective, away from home, even if we want to talk about, well, United don't have the quality that maybe Newcastle can call on, surely you've got to be able to match work rate. But they, they didn't do that from the first minute. I was a little concerned going in to the latter stages that Newcastle would fade. But the truth is, while maybe Newcastle faded, uh, Manchester United couldn't raise their game. Yeah. Uh, Frank, what did you make of this performance from Manchester United? Well, again, a bad one, a bad one in, fi in, in a term that uh, didn't offer anything, except maybe the last two minutes of the game. But they've been outplayed by, uh, by Newcastle uh, for, for, as Craig say, 95% of the game. Uh, they are nothing. They proposed, uh, they offered nothing. Um, no creation, no ideas, uh, nothing. Uh, again, weak defensively, except maybe uh, uh, Maguire. Maguire, you know, who has been very much criticised is the only one maybe uh, uh, has tried to, to do something good and has been working hard defensively and also offensively. But otherwise, you know, there is nothing much to say about that team, you know. And I'm fed up talking about the, the bad side of a game. <laughs> Newcastle, in another hand, played against Paris Saint-Germain and we tried to know what was going wrong with Paris Saint-Germain. Today, they play against Manchester United and again, we are trying to find what is wrong with, uh, with Manchester United. I think... We have to look for why this Newcastle team is so good. Because they are so good. Physically, come on, the game they play against Paris Saint-Germain midweek, when I see uh, Joe Linton and Guimaraes running like they run, Miley as well, uh, and, uh, and uh, as, um, as I think Craig mentioned, or, or Shaka, uh, uh, Trippier and Livramento on the side, how much they can run, how many uh, back-and-forth uh, running they, they make, it's absolutely amazing. The physical aspect of uh, ADO working is amazing. I don't know how long it's going to last because they don't have a, a full squad. There are many injuries. But so far, I'm very, very much impressed. Chaka, mm. I mean, you want to take a moment? Crow about your boys here? I, I thought Newcastle was simply outstanding. I, again, I, I had my concerns coming into this one, even with Alexander Izak, who I thought faded against PSG. You didn't see much sign of that late on in, in, in this one. Again, he just continues to grow in fitness after coming back from injury. Um, and as a starting 11, Newcastle are, are simply outstanding. And they continue to show that. I, I, I sung the praises of, of Livermento and, and Trippier. Um, Frank is right there to, to look at, at the entire midfield, the front three as well. Um, so much about Newcastle just, just feels right. My, my only concern, and, and of course, given, given the injury issues, is if they f find themselves trailing or Eddie Howe needs to change things, he simply can't. But then saying that, this is a team that, by the looks of it, recognise that. Recognise that, listen, this is our 11. We're going to see this out. And they just kind of can roll their sleeves up and do whatever is asked of them. And, and I think that that is really impressive to see from a team who, yes, as much as they finished the top four last season, we expected a lot more of them this season. Given their issues, they don't, aren't using that as an excuse and are continuing to produce incredible football and incredible results. They were simply outstanding. Outstanding. Again. Bearing in mind all the injuries, 
that a lot of clubs have to deal with, but them particularly and the Tonali situation. I mean, who's the big money signing? Mm -hmm. It's Andrew Tonali. Italian superstar comes in, going to add to the midfield. All of a sudden, they start the season really well, certainly the first game, then it petered for a bit. But getting that balance right, and then he's got these gambling issues, and he's out, and Eddie Howe's dealing with all these things. But there's a clear plan in what Newcastle want to do. The way they play, the pace they play it with, the tenacity, everything you want from a team and a coach off the training ground, we're seeing it. Now, we can criticise them if we're being hypercritical about their final third and how they didn't kill the mm. game off. Mm. But that's a, that's a small way to go, considering how they play. On the other hand, we have this United side with a manager who's continuing to become under more pressure, who's looking like a rabbit staring in the headlights every week. I mentioned at the bottom of the group, they're playing terrible football. I thought they played all right in Galatasaray in terms of their entertainment, but we're back to the Premier League mediocrity at best, mm. outplayed by almost every team in the Premier League this season. Marcus Rashford, and he's not the only one, had a week's rest. He was suspended for the Galatasaray game. He was as fresh as anybody at St James's Park and probably put in as, li as little what rate mm -hmm. as anybody at St James's Park. And let me tell you something, I don't care what the question is, the answer is not Anthony Martial. Mm. John Champion on the commentary, and I, I think I'm picking this up properly, said Anthony Martial hasn't completed 90 minutes in a Manchester United mm. shirt in three years. Yep. That's the greatest job on the planet, being paid fortunes and you can't even complete 90 minutes. That's how bad this guy has become for a guy that has got talent. That tells you all you need to know. Mm. right? And I agree with Frank totally. Maguire might not be everybody's favourite, but he was putting his head in there. He cared about it. He was trying to clear balls. He was running down the wing at the end. He almost got himself a goal. You cannot fault him for the spirit that he put in. But as a club, as a team, seventh in the league, where they are in their European group, is abs and, the, and more importantly, the way they are playing or the lack of blueprint to their to their you know, identity on a field is almost enough to say this manager has lost any clue about what he's doing. Mm. Because we have this conversation all the time. Doesn't matter if they're playing Brentford, Newcastle, Spurs, Crystal Palace, Burnley away, which they won with a great goal, Sheffield United, which they won with a great dialogue goal. They have been outplayed and they will continue to be outplayed by anybody who's got anything about them in the Premier League. Is it players or manager? Because this manager Both. seemed to have a pretty good lock on getting the best out of this dressing room, what, 12 months ago? I mean, has he totally lost well, he the touch came... that quickly? Yes. It looks like yeah. it. Mm. It looks like it. And they've, had, they've got Casemiro in a long-term deal who's, who's, who's you know, struggling and struggles to move. They've got Armabat who's come in, who's struggled. You're relying on youngsters coming in. You've got uh, wasters at the club that are still there, like Anthony Martial and others. You've got Marcus Rashford, who looks almost somewhat disinterested, and that's me being kind. And, and then you've got the likes of Anthony and the Jaden Sancho problems, and you've got all these other things. Mm. But guess what? Other clubs have problems too, mm. and they still are able 
to go on the field and have an identity. Manchester United do not. Here's my issue, um, or my questioning of, of Eric Ten Hag. When you look at the squad, and yes, there, there are a number of players underperforming, but then when, when, you, when you look at that number and how consistently, you have to start asking questions on the manager. And, and you're absolutely right. I, I thought he was outstanding. Eric Ten Hag did an incredible job last season. That was on the back of Marcus Rashford finding form post-World Cup that, that maybe nobody saw coming. And, and maybe... Maybe that papered over the cracks. But now, that being said, we've, we've criticised the likes of Martial, who nobody's been able to get a tune out of. Anthony, who was a, a Ten Hag signing. Um, Amrabat, we, we were just talking during the game. Mm -hmm. When he signed, I thought this is exactly what Manchester United won. Now, what, three months in? I, it, he looks a shadow of the player that he once was. Uh, that, that, or at the very least, that we were expecting. Now... Who, who's that down to? You know, I, I, at some point, the manager has to take some responsibility for some of these subpar performances. And um, so we, we can share it around how we like. Players have to, have to accept theirs, but so does the manager. He got, he got just sorry, before we go back to Frank, he, he was getting, one of the other things is that they were getting absolutely pasted in the first half, and I mean pasted. They're going at halftime. Dallow's having a hard time uh, on the left-hand side. He wants Luke Shaw to play left side of the centre-back because he can pass the ball out with his left foot. I get that, but guess what? You have to have a semblance of control in the game mm -hmm. to be able to do that. So the first and foremost thing, you have to be able to defend. And I thought he should have made some changes. We have, once again, we have, you know, if I was Rafael Varane, I might say to him, just, I tell you what, just, just we'll, we'll call it quits. I'll just hang my boots up because if I can't get in this United side, I might as well retire. Mm -hmm. But he didn't make... The, I mean, he could have taken Rashford off at half-time. He yep. could have taken Martial off at half-time. He, he needed to get an extra body in the midfield at half-time. But he didn't. He waited and he waited and he waited and the game just got away from him. Newcastle got their goal and out of desperation they threw some bodies forward at the end. But, but he's not making the in-game changes either that he needs to to address the problems that he's seen on the field. To, to that point about, about Luke Shaw, and I'm looking at what Eddie Howe does very cleverly, whether it's by accident or by design. You've got youth and experience on... on either flank between midfield and, and defenders. Livermento and Joe Linton on one side, um, Trippier and, and Miley on the other. And the goal comes from, the goal comes from Kieran Trippier going past Miley and, and Dallow drifting inside and just leave. So I, I say that given what Craig just said about Luke Shaw and his experience up against the experience of, of Kieran Trippier, how would that have changed things in terms of how, how consistently um, Newcastle were getting around Manchester United? We had one Bissaka at the back post switching off, mm. com completely switching off for the excellent Trippier cross. Trippier was brilliant again. I have to say, Anthony Gordon, mm. you know, when he signed for, Everton, uh, for Newcastle coming from Everton, I thought he's a talent, he's raw, maybe a bit head in the cloud, sometimes running with the ball and but he's gradually Eddie Howe I think is drumming into him. Look, this is we have to utilize your pace and your wing play and your directness, but we have to have some end product and we're starting to see the end product from Anthony Gordon as well. You mentioned the subs. Eric Tenhock didn't make any at halftime. I think the first are at the 60th minute when he does the double change, bringing off mm -hmm. Marshall and Rashford. I don't know if you guys caught this. Rashford, as he's leaving the pitch, obviously frustrated, uh, through his gloves. You know, you, you could sense the frustration. It's probably about the most he did all day. To be well, yeah, I mean, you can understand the frustration from the player, but he can't have a complaint coming off an hour when he's, he's done nothing. Frank, when you look at this Manchester United team, is the bigger problem Eric Tenhock or is it the lack of talent in the squad? Well, it's a, I think it's a mix of, uh, of the two in, in a way that 
I think the players don't really believe anymore on what Ten Hag can bring to them and in the dressing room. Therefore, they kind of, they kind of quit the, uh, the, 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 the strength, the stamina that they should show on the field. And uh, they just wait, for me, they just wait to, for Ten Hag to be, uh, to be uh, sacked and, uh, and see how it works with somebody else. It worked last season, it doesn't work this season. And we can see that Ten Hag hasn't, hasn't, have, hasn't got any ideas on what he has to do, the changes that he made uh, when he made them. Uh, it's too late. It's not maybe the good solution. He had the solutions and the ideas last season. He doesn't have anymore. And in contrary, you can see Burn got injured. You say, well, it's going to be a massive loss. And then you have Livermento getting out of the hat of Hediao as a magician and bringing somebody, putting little by little some people, you know, into the, the first squad, having ideas, Miley on the right side. That's... that's um, uh, a coach being very proactive. Ten Hag is not proactive anymore. Is mm. is in reaction of everything, and uh, he has less and less reactions because he's completely lost. He doesn't know what to do, and of course, he's not helped by the the, the lack of enthusiasm of uh, of the players. I think Manchester United are already going to be. I think they already have their feelers out. I think with the 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 partial. Uh, Say takeover mm-hmm. the, the the investment from Jim Sir Jim Ratcliffe and Ineos, with the uh, the subsequent imminent appointment of directors of sporting directors, directors of football, call it what you want. There is no way, there is no way when they know these people coming in spending I think 1.5 billion or whatever it is, there is no way that they are just going to come in and say, hey, let's see how it goes for another few months. They're already looking and saying, big question mark. Big, I mean, there are multiple question marks about players, but there's a big question mark over Eric Ten Hag, Hag's head. And, and I think these new people coming in, will, I'm almost certain, will be putting the feelers out to see who's going to be available, who might be able to come in, and how they can move this club in the right direction. So if he doesn't get those results soon, mm-hmm. and, more impo- and I think just as important, I keep, you know, we always sit here and say, Oh, listen, you need to get enough results. I think they not only have to get results, but have to show an immediate improvement in their actual football on the field. Otherwise, none, none of them are going to suffice. It's been that bad, Shaq. It, it, ha- it has, and, and, and you're right. I'm not sure, I'm not sure where that solution comes, or, or more to the point, um, how much it costs, because that, all of a sudden, is a concern for Manchester United. Well, who is it? I mean, who, if it's not Eric Ten Hag, who is it? What manager in the world... Can you give me a name that could get something out of this group right oh, now? But they, I, we keep saying this, right? But they, 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 keep, they've gone through every. They've gone through since Sir Alex Ferguson left. They've literally gone through everybody. Right, but we have other managers that walk into clubs who are who have a poorer playing squad, and certainly not one that it's cost a billion dollars or whatever it's cost to put together over the years. We have managers that walk into other clubs and make a substantive substantial change to styles and philosophies and results and and to some extent he did that last year in terms of where he got them to the cup final and he beat Newcastle in the Carabao Cup and they got in the top four and they got to the FA Cup final and and, and yes they lost they got these results but I wouldn't say the performances were great or outstanding The, the results were much much better of course but there has to be better performances within this group of players than we're seeing at the moment. I'm not suggesting they're better than Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool. I'm not. But it's better than what we're seeing. 
both on the field and in terms of the Premier League table as well. But, but uh, as well, I think you have to identify a manager who um, wants the job. I mean, is who, that a well, conversation well, we no, have no, to have no, now? No, is this that attractive? I, I'm, of a thinking job? More, I'm thinking more long to me. And I, I'm, I'm saying you have to find a manager who has who knows the identity that he wants his teams to play in, and in matches with what Manchester United won. I, I think since Alex Ferguson, it has been a little bit of a, of a scattergun approach in that, uh, I'll be honest, I wasn't quite certain about, about David Moyes. Van Gaal came in and did a good job. Then you bring in Mourinho purely because he's the one who delivers silverware. And then it, it, it was a, a kind of crowd-appeasing appointment around Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I, and, and we talk about Salix, we were discussing this, what was it, a couple of days ago, Craig and I. Um, Salix Ferguson, by all accounts, was, was within one game of losing his job at Manchester United, going back to 1990-1991. And I remember someone interviewing Salix Ferguson and asking him about that. If you had lost, lost that game and lost your job, what would you have done? And he's like, I would have done exactly the same at another club. Because he knew what he wanted. And this, is, and, and this is how he built his success. So never mind kind of chasing the easy, you know, the, the easy win, the easy tick box. You know, somebody who brings silverware, as, as, as I mentioned, or somebody who, who the fans are, will, will, will take nicely to. Bring in someone who understands what Manchester United are asking as a football club and back them and have faith in them. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Arsenal began the day atop the Premier League table, and they'd stay that way after a 2-1 victory at home over Wolves. Bukayo Saka and Martin Odegaard with goals seven minutes apart in the first half. Mateus Cunha would get one back for Wolves in the 86, but in the end, not enough. I mean, easy first half, but thanks to that goal at the end, things got a little bit nervy for Arsenal. Yeah, it should have been a lot easier for them. I didn't see all the... I'll be honest, I didn't see the end of the game because I came in for our uh, live Real Madrid game, which was a a cracker, was it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I saw the... the, Certainly in the first half, I thought Arsenal were brilliant. I I mean, Wolves are not... By by a long shot, they're not the worst team in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. They play some good stuff. They're well organised. They try to double up on the wide players, uh, particularly on Bakaya Saka. Uh, but they, I, I've, 
What impressed me more with Arsenal, particularly in the first hour, their football, the 6-0 against Lons, they dug it out at Brentford last week, played some really good football in this game, scored two, two lovely goals, particularly the second. But what impressed me more was, I don't think I've seen a team struggle to get out of their own half for as long as Wolverhampton did. It seemed to me for 20 minutes, it was wave after wave after wave. And it wasn't all Arsenal possession. When Wolves won it back, you could argue now that Arsenal are as good as Man City at winning the ball back. Mm. Not the whole package, but at winning the ball back. They were absolutely brilliant. When Wolves got it, they were so high up, they just smothered and pressed. And Wolves could not get out their own half, so it just kept coming back and it coming back and it kept coming back. I thought, once again, Rice was excellent. Odegaard pulled the strings. The wide players gave them the width they wanted. Yes, they made it more difficult than they should have in the second half, but it has been a really good week for Arsenal. Let me say, this was 2-1, and maybe, yes, it was a nearly finish, but this was as good an Arsenal performance as I've seen. Really? I, I thought they were outstanding. Yep. And, and, listen, two goals, but between the width of a post in a couple of occasions and maybe the length of a stud in a couple more, it could quite easily have been six. I, I really thought... Arsenal was simply outstanding. And then you get two goals up. I, I have no problem with you trying to manage a game at that point against, as Craig said, a very good a, or a good Wolves team. Um, so I co coming down to the end, and yes, my, my only complaint is Zinchenko trying to overplay in his own box, cause them concern. There was a point probably just before just before Wolves scored, 81st, 82nd minute from an Arsenal corner. Wolves break, and at one point it looks like about 4v2-4, Wolves players against two Arsenal players. And before you look up, all 10 outfield players are, are goal side of the ball. All 10 Arsenal's outfield players are, are goal side of the ball. And all Wolves can do is just kind of come back around. And, and I, I thought, at 2-0 up, as it was at the time, over 80 minutes gone on the clock, that entire team showing that effort to get back and defend and to, to, to deal with a counter-attack, I, I, I thought it spoke absolute volumes about how good um, Mikel Arteta has his team played. In contrast to the uh, United discussion we just had about a lack of appetite to track back, there was one incident in the first half when, when yeah, it was, yeah, first half, Zinchenko loses the ball on the halfway line and Wolves pick it up and they're down there. Martinelli sprints almost mm -hmm. the whole left side of the field all the way back to the corner flag Shields gets his body in there, wins the ball back, gets his side a throw in. The crowd are on their feet. And mm. I think, as Shaq said, that just, it was, it was exemplified this work rate. And without the work rate, there will be no title. Mm. It's not talent alone is not going to do it. And we know City and Liverpool and others work their socks off. This Arsenal side is starting to play the football we know they can play. But boy, they work as hard as anybody as well. Three huge points for Arsenal, who now find themselves four points ahead of Manchester City, the reigning champions. Of course, it'll be City against Spurs on Sunday. Let's take a look at what the staff here is predicting. Everybody, and I mean everybody, has Manchester City winning. Frank, you got six goals in this one. Man City four to two. What kind of defender are you, man? <laughs> oh, well, you know, if I'm not on the field, I want to see goals. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I think Manchester City is considering many goals lately, has been considering many goals. And we all know that because of uh, uh, 
uh, absence uh, from uh, from some players in defense with Tottenham. I see an open game, and uh, the only way that many, uh, that Tottenham can trouble uh, City is to attack and to uh, to push them. Um, therefore, they can be uh, punished in counter attack. So it's why I see a four-two and. Uh, and uh, well, I, I might be a little bit optimistic in terms of goals, but I'm, I, I'm think, I think I, I won't be that far. Mm. We've seen Ange Postecoglou in other games similar to this kind of throw everything at it. It's He's not, got his identity. It's not changing. Is it? Is it the wrong approach I tomorrow? Feel a little bit. Well, it's not the wrong approach because it's his approach, and he's already been crystal clear in telling his players, and telling the press, and telling the media, this is the way we're going to do it, and we'll live and die by it. I would rather see that than watch an Antonio Conte, Jose Mourinho Tottenham going up there. Wouldn't you rather just, a manager who could, who could do both? I don't think Spurs can do both. I don't think they have the players to do it. And they certainly don't have the players to do it with the injury list that they've got. I just feel a little bit, not sorry, but I feel a little bit frustrated that we're going to see this game with Tottenham going there with a the depleted squad that they have. Mm. Uh, that being said, I still think it will be the approach that they have approached every other game with. And I don't think it'll work for them, but I think it's going to make for, for really good viewing. And by the way, that's the first time I think I've ever sat here and been called staff. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Did that offend you? Staff. No, I'm, I'm, very, like I'm, I'm not very easy offended. That's an upgrade on the title. <laughs> hey, um, uh, Craig, you had a 2-1, right? You had City uh, winning 2-1 there uh, over don't crawl now. On. <laughs> that's the, uh, the big game on the Premier League slate for Sunday. Chelsea in action against Brighton. Liverpool playing... Fulham Aston Villa away to Bournemouth and uh, West Ham facing Crystal Palace. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Verona started the weekend tied atop the league with Real Madrid taking on Valencia, they'd find themselves in some trouble though early in the second half. Big mistake at the back. Hugo Duro of Valencia goes one on one. How about that for a finish? Yeah, Duro had a lot of ground to cover here. Just poor passing by, by, by Girona. I'm not sure what to make of that. But then seeing that uh, Duro has a lot of work to do and even after that run, comfortable finish. 82nd minute, Girona on the comeback trail. Christian Stuani makes it 1 1. Yeah, good ball in and Stuani there, the experienced Uruguayan just hanging about. Back post. 88th minute, more from Girona and more from Stuani. He claims this. I don't know if he got it. <laughs> he was close enough. Once he's in once he's in the proximity, he you know what strikers are like. They're gonna claim it. He peels away. I'm with you, Seb. I'm not sure it's his, but don't try to tell him just yet. 
He's on a goal bonus. <laughs> Huge three points there for Girona, putting the pressure on Real Madrid, who are playing later in the day at home against Granada. 26th minute, Brahim Diaz in behind here. How about that to make it 1-0? Yeah, brilliant ball from Tony Cruz. This was a live game. Diaz has come in on the back of some injuries and done very well. But it's all about that return pass. Great pace on it from the German. Maybe he wants to undo his retirement from the German national team. I mean, they are that bad at the Probably moment. not. No, probably, yeah, exactly. Jude Bellingham, frustrated in the first half, picked up a yellow, wanted a penalty here, but did not get it. They're just waiting for this ball to come back to him. I think as his lightly ball run by him, defender gets a touch on it, defender gets the benefit of the doubt. It's good, eh? Yeah, I have no problem. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's one of those things. You've got... He had a frustrating day. He never got his goal, did he? Came close oh, here. Slump. He's on the... Yeah. Yeah, right. Second half. Here's Bellingham. Salem. Put the shot on frame. Save, but Rodrigo with the follow. Yeah, Rodrigo has been such good form. Just following in. Right place, right time, yet again. Saved by the goalie first time of asking, but then, as I say, the man of the moment, finally back in that. Rodrigo, six goals and four assists in his last four games across all competitions. Two in La Liga and two in Champions League. 2-0 the final score at the Santiago Bernabeu. Expected goals for Granada oh, coming in at a healthy 0. <laughs> 0.01. I hate to laugh hey, at Granada. Yeah, I'll laugh. Now we can laugh. They're at the uh, bottom of the table. At the uh, top of the table, here we see it. Real Madrid and Girona even on 38 points through 15 games. Atletico Madrid and uh, Barcelona in third and fourth. They will be, of course, playing tomorrow. Jude Bellingham didn't get his goal. Usually that's the recipe for a Real Madrid win. They didn't need it today. No, they didn't need it, and uh, he got booked early on for dissent. I think you mentioned that, and then... There something was going on, right, so between there was, here? There was something going on between him and the ref, and uh, there was a couple of challenges that uh, certainly were not... Well, certainly one that wasn't a foul by him, and he was given a foul against him, and he got more frustrated. Uh, and I felt at one point that he was a second yellow waiting to happen just because of the referee, but... Uh, it was such a comfortable game for Real Madrid that he could cruise through it. He didn't continue this great uh, goal-scoring sort of uh, achievement that he's on. But, you know, he's saving them for the big games. The mm. trouble is we built him up too much in the pre-match. We did. Uh, <laughs> pre-match, we went big on Bellingham as you, would, as you would because he's been, he's been so good. But, but in truth, it wasn't, it wasn't really a, a contest at all. And... Uh, you know, the only frustrating thing for Real Madrid, it wasn't four or five. To be fair, in the pregame, we also built up this guy, Rodrigo, who came in hot and stayed oh, that to way. To be fair, we had nobody else to build up. Really. <laughs> a lot of Everybody's hurt, yes, I know. We were... Uh... <laughs> oh, but he is, as Shaka mentioned there, he's been on great goal-scoring form. And, you know, this sort of strike partnership that they've come into this season with since, the, the, since Benzema has left of, you know, Hostler comes in, but he's more of a squad player, very experienced. But it's all about Vinicius and Rodrigo playing together as a sort of couple of hybrid strikers. None, none of them playing right through the middle. None of them playing wide. Sort of trying to give defenders something to think about with Bellingham going through the middle. And that is what took okay for them in terms of results. But the criticism was the two of them were not getting enough goals. Now, since Vinicius is having his second spell out of the team with injury, this guy has stepped up. Mm -hmm. You can't argue he has stepped up. He's scoring goals, he's leading the line, his general round play 
is fantastic and I don't think Carlo Ancelotti can really ask for much more. Mm. Worth a shout for Brahim Diaz as well. He ended up He's being the really uh, man well. of the match with the uh, game-winning goal there in the first half for Real Madrid. Well, as we mentioned, Barcelona and Atletico Madrid playing on Sunday. Coverage starts 2.30 p.m. Eastern time ahead of a 3 p.m. kickoff right here on ESPN+. Plus. Some of us are back tomorrow. Some of us, you two are the Anthony Martial of ESPN <laughs> FC. You're not going to finish the weekend. Oh, I, I don't want to say I'm offended. I heard you. I heard you. All right, here are the predictions. And uh, Sebi on an island, the only person to pick Barcelona. Craig, uh, Alex, and Dan have all gone with Atleti. Mario, Shaka, Alice. I mean, look at... Look at the fence sitting here. Are you guys weird. serious? Come on. Come on that, with that. I mean, okay, the predictions, you know, there's a terminology you can mm -hmm. use for predictions that everybody has a yeah. prediction. I'm not going to use it. But doesn't it just tell you the sort of mindset of where everybody's thinking is and where Barcelona is in terms of the way they've been playing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, Barcelona probably win 4-0 now. No, I don't think no, so. No, no. Well, that would make re me right for once. Yeah, we got, can't, can't, <laughs> can't have that, that. happen. Can't, have can't, that happen. can't go for that. Plenty more on La Liga, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, as well as uh, Real Madrid's big victory over Granada on the latest edition of the ESPN FC podcast. You can download it over on the website ESPN.com. Bayern Munich didn't pick up any points today. Uh, they didn't play. Why? Because, well, things were crazy in Munich. They got a lot of snow. Too much snow, in fact, at the uh, Allianz Arena. Artur Tut was supposed to cover the game. Instead, he ends up filing this report. Welcome to Munich, where we've had some 17 inches of snow overnight, which has meant there is no running local transport. The trams should be running, actually, right here where I'm standing right now. But as you can see, they are not tramming. Neither are the local trains. Driving is pretty difficult here as well. And those are the reasons why they've called the game off Bayern Munich, saying that, sure, they might have been able to clear the pitch satisfactorily, but their concern was about everybody getting to and from the stadium, particularly around it, where you could see on the club's webcam lots of snow which had not been cleared. Because, by Munich standards, this is a lot of snow. I know there may be some of you who live in the northeast of the US or in the Great Lakes and thinking... What is this? Why can't Germany cope with this? Well, let me tell you for a start. Germany's not quite as good at dealing with inclement weather as people may think. And that's been shown today. Albeit, I think this is just a lot by their standards. So no Bayern Munich against Union Berlin today in the Bundesliga. I would suspect the game will be rescheduled for a time when there is a DFB Cup week because both Bayern and Union are already out of the tournament. Meteorologist Archie Rintut there uh, joining us on ESPN FC. He'll actually be on the coverage of this game tomorrow. Again, it's uh, Bayer Leverkusen first on the table against Borussia Dortmund, who are fifth. Coverage starting at 11.20 a.m. Eastern time right here on ESPN+. Plus. that snow moves overnight. Anything's possible, Greg. Anything is possible. Speaking of... Meteorologist now? Euro 2024 draw is in the books taking place earlier today as we take a look at the groups. There's Scotland in with the host, Germany in Group A. Everybody pointing to uh, Group B, Spain, Croatia, Italy, and Albania. That is the group of death. Group C, where we find England with Slovenia, Denmark, and Serbia. Groups D, E, and F, all with one team still to be determined as the uh, playoffs 
have to take place. Group B is the one that everybody's focused on, though. Spain, Croatia, Italy. Three teams in the top ten, according to the always accurate latest FIFA rankings. Uh, no doubt about this, Shaka, right? This is the toughest group? Yeah, I, I think with, without question. I mean, France and Netherlands in, in Group D, I think it was, but still a playoff place to determine that. Um, but, but this is, is a tough one to call. I, I, you're never quite sure what you're going to get out of the Italians. They may go on and win it mm -hmm. or crash out in the group stage in, in, in equal measure. Um, and I, I think Spain have shown themselves to be to be one of the one of the favourites in this competition, and, and and rightly so. Croatia always have 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 um, have ability in the, in their ranks. It's a it's a tough group to call again because of, of some of the achievements and some of the inconsistencies of, of some Remember of. Remember, it's not as Tough as it right. was. Right, the top two from each group go, and then the top four of the six third There are some parachutes out there to be pulled. So you could get all three of the big boys. So how you here pull going a parachute? Through. I don't know. I've, uh, never, well. I've, never, I've never tested it. You've never see. jumped out of a plane? No I'm, one's I'm, ever thrown I'm you always, out of one? I'm always kind of wary that somebody's not going to put a parachute in my parachute. But that's a. Uh, but it is what it is. And, you know, Spain, you know, if you look at Spain outplaying teams like they normally do, they at least now, certainly as we speak at this moment, have somebody up front who's in form, and that's in Alvaro Morata. And that's been a big issue for them, has been the final third. So that could be, if Morata continues his form, that could be a, obviously going to be a huge bonus for them. And what is a tough group? Because Croatia just never seem to go away. These mm -hmm. players seem to get older and older and older, but seem to keep going and going and going and getting great results. You know who's loving this draw? Who? Our colleague, Pablo Sabaleta, an assistant with Albania. Mm. It's going to get some big Why is he loving it? He's going to get some big games. That's what you want out of the European You're going to get some wallopings. You don't know that. No, well, you never know. No, you, know you never that. know. You don't know that. No, no, that's a very negative outlook to take, and that's that's just not me anymore. No, 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 it's not, it's not you anymore. <laughs> How about Group D? That's where we find France. Well, they're going to. They're not going to have any problems, are they? Well, Austria, Austria Netherlands, Netherlands. Uh, in the group, and then we'll wait on the uh, playoff winner. Frank, how do you feel about the draw? Confident. I mean, if they don't go through, it's because they don't deserve that, and uh, they should go through quite easily. Uh, and I think with the Netherlands, they are the two favorites. And I, should, I, I shouldn't be worried about anything. If they play the way they play, they should go through. Um, there is nothing much to say. Um, I don't see Austria uh, creating any problems. And, uh, and let's see who's coming as a, as a force in the group. But really, again, if France doesn't qualify because they don't deserve to qualify. Speaking of things that have changed, a confident Frank LaBeouf. How about that? <laughs> you would be. I mean, like the, the, play, the, play, the playoff team coming into that group is going to be cannon fodder, isn't it, really? I mean, let, let's be quite honest about it. What about Group C? That's where we find C? England. Well, I, don't, I don't know Group C. Uh, Slovenia, Serbia and I, I, Denmark. I, I, I'm sure you have an I, I try not to go against this old enemy Scotland-England rivalry. However, it no, this is... This is straight-up analysis, Shaka. No, no, <laughs> I have to say, you, you've got to... I think it is quite factual to say that while Gareth Southgate has done a pretty, pretty good job, that they continue, England that is, to get some of the easiest draws in all the major competitions. Mm -hmm. The easiest pathways. The World Cup was the same all the way through to the semi-final. So there are no... I mean, it's probably now or never for England. Again, we were saying that it's a bit like Belgium a few years ago. It's, this is the golden generation. It's another tournament where England, there is no potential banana skin that I can see 
they will top that group. Yeah. Mm. I get, I'm, I'm as confident as Frank is in England going getting out of this group. All right, uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty more on the draw for the European Championship. Hold on, you, you we didn't even... you got to uh, be kidding me. What's, you okay? We're not even going to talk about the, the holders and Scotland. Is that holders what you're and me? Scotland. Uh, quick word on Scotland. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> no. By the way, by the time they opened it, by the way, they're opening the tournament. By the yes. time Scotland opened the tournament against a hapless Germany, oh wow, Kai Havertz will be in goal. Per Mertesacker will be playing right wing. <laughs> Carol Heinz Rummenigge will be up front. No. That's what Julian Nagelsmann's doing. Didn't somebody say before the show we weren't going to prattle on? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I've not got a flight to catch. That's true. Uh, Craig, Shaka and Frank will be with us for today's uh, edition. Are you uh, going to be here? Extra time. I don't well, know. Why don't you go now? Uh, before we talk about extra time, let me uh, remind you of what's going on at the uh, top half of the uh, Serie A table. Juventus uh, in the first half of their 2-1 win over Monza on Friday. Inter-Napoli will play on Sunday. AC Milan 3-1 winners over Frosinone. Uh, Christian Pulisic. Uh, with a goal in that game. Very exciting for our American fans. I'm sure there'll be lots more on Serie A on the next edition of the Gab and Jules podcast. Jules always has such uh, great gear on the show. Episodes drop on uh, Monday he's and he's Friday. Check it out over on the website, <laughs> ESPN.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Yes. Are you going to stay for extra time? Go and catch your flight if you like. No. Shaq and I will hold the fort. I would if I could, but I can't. I would if I could, but I can't. Extra time is next. Craig, Shaka, and Frank. Taking your questions. Go on. Do stick around. Why to cut? Ah, uh. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey there, everybody. Welcome hey into there, the ESPN FC studios for this edition of Extra Time. Shaka Hizat, Craig Burley, and in a hurry, Sebastian Salazar and from a distance, in hurry. our good friend Frank LaBeouf, the uh, World Cup winner. Let's dive right into these questions because we don't have too much time. Mitch Ashaka. Yes. What's a night out in Newcastle like for the players after a win like today? I have no idea. No, no idea. What was your biggest win when you were uh, there with Newcastle? Oh, I don't know. My biggest win. Well, certainly the teams. I, I didn't play when we beat Manchester United. Five. Was it five nil or okay, five? Okay. So what was the party like that night? I can imagine. I, I don't know, Seb. You don't know, or you don't no. remember? What age were you when you were in Newcastle? Let's 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 peel, let's peel this back a little uh-huh. bit. And what we know you're only. 29. Oh, I say, squadron leader. And you were a, you were just never out the house, were you? Uh, never. I'd just gotten married, Craig. Mm-hmm. And I stayed inside 
So I can't. Did you get married in Newcastle? No, I'm trying to be. Yep. And that is why he has the, what is it, key to the city? Yeah. Yes. Freedom of the city. Freedom of the city. But it, yes. is, is it a physical key or what do they give you? No. Such so like an old. Um, I guys. I got a plaque. Oh, really? A yeah. plaque? Wow, shaka. Where is the plaque? You don't need In my house. Is it a physical key? I have a plaque in my house. My name's yeah, up got on, a key on the wall in the arm. They give you, you know when they give you the key to the city. It's not like a little key. They give you like a big key. It's part of the shtick. No, I got, I got a plaque and my name up on the wall in the... Beautiful. Something. Nigel? No, no, no. It didn't, didn't include my... my Neil. Yeah, didn't include that part. Frank, uh, does Anthony Martial still deserve to be at Manchester United based on his performances? I think there are many players who don't deserve to stay at Manchester United so far, on uh, according to what we see. But Anthony Marshall, I think there is a there is an issue with some players who have who have been at the club for for a while, and uh, maybe they need another challenge. And for sure, Anthony Marshall is one of those. I mean, you cannot be if you are ambitious. Um, Willing to be uh, to be staying there, not playing 90 full minutes uh, for for the past three years, and uh, not trying to yeah get something uh, out of it. And uh, I think it's there is a time where you have to leave the club and uh, give yourself another chance to uh, to uh, to be to be good in with another shirt. And uh, for sure, for me, it never it only worked a little bit at the beginning for Anthony Marshall. But it's never been something, as we could say, successful overall, for sure. Did he sign like a long-term deal a couple of years? Didn't ago? you say best? What did you say? Best job in football? Well, he's he's got one of the greatest jobs at the moment. He yeah. gets paid a fortune, and he hasn't finished 90 minutes in three years. He went out on loan to Sevilla, right? When Lopetegui was there, I think it was when Lopetegui was there, and he was mm. worse. Hmm. He was utterly hopeless. They sent him back. So I agree with Frank totally. When he first came in, there was a lot of excitement about the young man, and and some of the early performances were very, very encouraging. But I I look at him, and there's always been a huge question to me about his desire to really want to be the main man. Shaka, to your point, he does have an option year. In his oh, contract expires, for next year, expi expires next year. So the reports are that they're considering an extension. What, why though? I don't. Sorry, I'm get, get out of here. You kidding me? Is that, that a joke? Are you, are you, hello? No, I'm not, no, hello. it's not a joke. It's not, not a joke. Calling it's Austin. Real. Come in, Austin. It's real. Thank you. I, I thought it was. I thought. It was, yeah, I thought he had longer than that. There's no way he's got an extension. Give him more. Not a chance. For all, with Rodrigo playing so well on the left, what does Real Madrid do when Vinny comes back? They put, they put them both in. Well, he's not playing on the left, he's playing left side of the front, not as a left winger. Mm. Well, you put them both, they're your, they're your wingers. Well, they won't play wingers because they don't, they play... 4-2-2-2. Two, two, two. They play with Vinicius Jr. left side and Rodrigo right side, but they're kind of tucked in as... So what do you do around them then? If you're going to have those two guys, I mean, is it Jose Lu? The, no, they'll, they'll revert back to... Vinicius on the left side and Rodrigo on the right. And Hotzelou being <laughs> off the bench, I would imagine. Seb. Yes, go ahead, Frank. Seb, do you want a more complicated question and situation? Yes. What's going to happen next season if uh, Mbappe comes? Ooh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're going to be three to play on the left side? <laughs> Maybe they don't need Mbappe now. I mean, if he's going to be, what was it, six goals and four assists and 
I think we really need an extensive uh, analysis of this. Like, this maybe yeah, let's, let's hang around. I, I think maybe like a 17 minute full on no let's breaks. Let's discuss this a little further. I, I fully agree. Analysis. People want power to know. on here, gentlemen. People want to know. You want, Actually, this is going to give you a lot to talk about. Uh, is Maguire United's player of the season so far? Frank, you actually gave him a shout out today. He was the one, I don't know, the one positive, but you, you did say something nice about him in the show. By default, I would say that today was the best. He did his job. He was working hard defensively, uh, offensively. He's, I would say that he's back to who he was when he was playing at first for, for United and far away from, I have to admit, the disaster that uh, uh, it's been for him the, the, the past year and uh, even more than that. So he's back to, uh, to his form, to his best, which is not... Uh, what uh, what happened to the others and his teammates? I wouldn't say. You know what? You want to be the player of the season of a, a very bad season from others? Well, that's not very rewarded. So I think he's. I don't think Maguire is seeing that that way. He just wants to play his best and try to help his club the best way. But player of the season of a bad season, I think is not very nice. Did you hear that? Frank's answer. Oh, oh, Pete was talking. Oh. was talking to me about yeah, Ten Hag. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Did you hear that? No. It, it was. Uh, I wish we'd had this in the show, uh, right at the top. Uh, Eric Ten Hag said, and he bear in mind he has been post game. This is post game. Post game. He has been top of the charts this year, uh, number one straight <laughs> in Bosch in the charts for uh, for post game commentary. Post game yeah. uh, ridiculous rhetoric. Said we we scored the goal. Harry Maguire, but it was offside, so it could have been a draw. I mean, that is clutching here. We scored. It was offside. I mean, I suppose Kieran Trippi, he hit the crossbar, it bounced down the line, didn't go in, but it could have I mean, oh, oh, good lord. I mean, you, I mean, what? Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Uh, Shaka, which Euro group are you most looking forward to? None. The group really? stage? No. <laughs> Why? Because of the. Oh, come <laughs> on, Shaq. We'll get some excitement. Shaka remembered we don't have the rights anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to, to Scotland. Shaka! I'm looking forward to don't Scotland. Don't worry, and I'm with you. Right. I'm with you, Shaka. Yeah, I, I have no interest in the group stages, the Euros. I barely I'm had honest. interest when it was 2014. I'm going to get Derek Ray, right? And I'm going to lock him somewhere. Ooh, the Germany, can't. Scotland, the. The Derek no, I'm going to lock up. him somewhere that he can't tweet <laughs> or speak <laughs> wow. or do anything because he's just going on about this. Scotland got Germany. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, my word. Is he, is he worried? Like he's got his ice cream and it's all over his oh, face. Oh, no, this is... Oh, he's excited. Oh, no, yeah. He's excited. Yeah, you he's have telling no, people. Oh, he's, already, he's already gone round... He's booking bus tours he's and knock, He's knocking on doors in Scotland. Oh, man. Putting leaflets through about where people should go in Germany. I can't blame him. I mean, if USA, Mexico yeah, play no World yeah, Cup oh, final, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, I'd be, I'd be the same. I'd be what? football America's I'd be the load. same Who'd way. Who played the World Cup final? USA and Mexico have met in a World Cup final. That's how A World Cup, oh, the World Cup finals. Or final. Well, they have met in the finals. Because <laughs> uh. they ain't getting to a final. You've met in the World Cup finals? USA and Mexico? Yeah, quarterfinals. Uh, sorry, round of 16, 2002. Oh, okay. All right. Mexico won their group, US finished second, and then US won 2 nothing. Right. in the round of 16. 
Oh, man, you must have been. That, that, that was a bad day. Yeah, Everybody remember that. Yeah, you must have been Am I right in saying Shaq made an appearance on Football America? He yeah, did. He right. did make an appearance. Right. You know what? He, he dressed in a full suit and tie, too. Somebody didn't get him the We're more relaxed show. You put a suit and tie on. I'm, 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 I was suited. He's better dressed for Craig. Football America than FC. I was, su- I was suited and booted. Yeah. As I am. Did they pay you? No, I'm still in the, still in the post. There, I heard the check still in the mail. Yeah. Can I tell you though, the ratings in the Caribbean, because <laughs> we're now on ESPN Caribbean Football America. Held that, yeah. Uh, through the roof. <laughs> Monday, very low. Shock on Thursday. <laughs> oh, you, you know. Of course, uh, that check that check better arrive soon then. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, en route. Jack, with our final question here. Any predictions for Chelsea against Brighton after the Caicedo saga this summer? How embarrassing would a loss be for Chelsea? Frank, I'll start with you. Uh, wow. If I'm optimistic, according to what I saw lately, <laughs> I would go for a draw. <laughs> Let's see. Wow. Um, I don't want to be too harsh and too, too hard on my uh, former club, but... Um, Brighton, I mean, in terms of playing together, players are, are better. In terms of talent, individuals of Chelsea have uh, more uh, experienced players, but well, experienced, more talented players. But uh, yeah, I see a draw because I want to believe that Chelsea will be uh, humiliated by Brighton. Hmm. So. They got absolutely pasted in a football parlance by Brighton last year mm-hmm. at Stamford Bridge. Now, albeit, it's a different manager. Some different players. Uh, but bearing in mind the performance of Chelsea last week mm-hmm. at St James's Park, which was pitiful, to say the least, this is a big game from Pochettino. Mm-hmm. They're in the you bottom half. You think so? I don't mean he's going to get sacked, but right. they're in the bottom half of the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they can, they could have been leapfrogged. Or Nottingham Forest today, who lost, and, and they're having a bad time, and they're, they're playing uh, terrible football. They're lacking ideas. Steve Cooper's under pressure. They could have went level with Chelsea today with a win. Right? right. Nothing we, we're going for, we're predicting. Between Chelsea and Brighton. I could be with Frank in a draw, but. I'm going to say Brighton win. Mm. Brighton are ahead in the continue my, my number one status as the number, as the most hated. I think you're the second. Yeah, but I've, I've anointed myself first now. Oh, okay, all right. Well, big statement. There are some titles worth fighting for. Yeah. Some big statements. Uh, you want to give us your prediction? Since you 2-1 were... Brighton. 2-1 Brighton. Yes, sir. He, wow. he hates Chelsea as well. Well, there you go. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. Flight time. Yep. This is your captain speaking. Time to get on the bird. <laughs> there he is. Have a nice flight. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> hey, and no, no uh, air rage. All right. No. Sit down. Keep your head down. Yep. Buckle yourself up. Glass no. of water. Are you are, are you an air rager? Is no. that what Craig's suggesting? Are you me, the calmest person here? Well, no, Craig just seemed to suggest as much. No. He's no. an angry man, isn't he? Sometimes yeah, I have to yeah, sprint yeah. onto the plane because you guys have prattled on too long, and that can make my blood pressure rise. We never I'm, prattle on. Do we ever prattle on, Craig? Oh, certainly not tonight. Nope. Frank, do we prattle on? That'll Anybody do it for this edition of ESPN Extra Time. He's Shaka. He's Craig. There's Frank. I'm Seb. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow for the next edition of ESPN FC. Don't miss it. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. And for more on a busy day across La Liga, here's our post-game coverage from Real Madrid's 2-0 victory over Granada. Eight, so Real Madrid and Girona, one of those teams to surprise the other not at all, uh, right now atop the table. So there was no new manager bounce? No, so there was, was, there was a, no new a manager kind of bounce. terminology I heard quite a lot before the game. Yes, that's right. Well, uh, Granada did fire their manager on Sunday. This was the new manager's first game in so charge. It did not go well. It bounce. Um, Alex Kirkland is joining us now. Alex, what did you make of the Real Madrid performance? Yeah, I think this was a very, very comfortable win for, for Real Madrid. And maybe the, the final scoreline doesn't reflect that. They would have liked to take uh, one or two more chances. Jude Bellingham in particular, I think Bellingham played really, really well. But I've got no doubt that he'll be frustrated not to have got on the score sheet because he's been scoring with such regularity, 15 goals in 16 games. Couldn't score here. Had a couple of very good chances, of course. Probably the best chance that he had was a good save by the goalkeeper and Rodrigo was following up to uh, to score. So, yeah, Bellingham maybe might end the game a little bit frustrated, but I think, yeah, Madrid were just so on top. At no point was there any danger from Granada. At no point did it feel to me like this result was ever in doubt from the moment that, that Madrid went ahead uh, through Brahim Diaz. And then the second goal was just confirmation of, of that. It was, it was simply a question of could Madrid add to their goal tally. They couldn't. It finished 2-0, but I think that'll do as far as Madrid are concerned. They get the three points. They get the win that keeps them... That keeps pace with surprise leaders Girona at the at the top of the table. So yeah, I think it, I think it's a good afternoon for Madrid. The numbers, Craig, for Rodrigo right now are just incredible. Six goals, four assists in his last four games across all competitions. And you could see him there just sort of hovering around. That's not an easy finish, by the way. Made it look easy. Yeah, but he's sort of just hovering around there quite a way out. He's kind of thinking like this Bellingham fella, he's gonna put this in the back of the net. Good save. Comes in. No hesitation in the finish. Puts the laces through it, and it's been a perfect tonic, really, for Ancelotti because of the uh, because of the injuries and the questions. Even when you know he was playing when Vinicius was fit, and the two of them were playing together as a couple of sort of hybrid strikers. Uh, how was that working for them in terms of goals? Not brilliant, but in terms of the movement and how that was helping Bellingham get through the middle, that side of it was working. But since uh, Vinicius Jr. has had these injury problems. There is absolutely no doubt that he's come in. The pressure is on him. He's holding his hands up at the moment and saying, you know, give me my opportunity. I will carry the can. I'm good enough. Uh, the goals are proving it. His all-round performances are, are proving it. And you can't do any more than that mm -hmm. as a player, particularly at a club when there's as much pressure as Real Madrid. And 
They sit top of the league. Girona are up there. We have a big game tomorrow between Barca and Atleti. Uh, but this has put the pressure on them. It wasn't a scintillating performance, but it was a very controlled performance from Real Madrid. And they really didn't have to do much more than that. Yeah, yeah the highlight of the first half, without question, is, is the goal. And not just the goal. For me, it's the pass from Tony Cross. You know, that is what Tony Cross is all about. The fact that he plays it first time, the cushion pass, you know, bisects the Granada defence, plays in Brahim Diaz. It sort of tells you everything you know about how good Tony Cross still is. You know, he's, uh, he's still... He still got what has always made him such a good player, and you know he was never particularly quick to begin with. He didn't have much pace to lose, but what Cross has always had is that he's quicker in his head than pretty much any other player on the pitch. You can see that he spots the run of Brahim Diaz, and he, it's not just that he has the vision to see the pass; he then has the technical quality to execute and put the ball exactly where it needs to be as well. So that, without any question at all, is the moment of the first half. I think it was quite telling the fact that Brahim scores the goal, but as many players went to celebrate with Tony Cross, mm -hmm. as they did with Brahim Diaz. And that's because they all recognise just how good that pass was. I mean, Alex, there's, there's rumours that Cross is considering hanging it up at the end of the season. Can you imagine that with a player that's playing as well as he is right now? I mean, it would be almost kind of heartbreaking, wouldn't it? To, we want as much Tony Cross as we can get for as long as possible. He's been talking about it for, for a year or two. He's been very open and, and honest. What happened, I think, a, a year or two ago, he was struggling one or two injuries. He was playing with pain. And he basically wasn't enjoying his football. And so that's why I think uh, he first started considering retiring. Of course, he's been retired from international football for a while. But that pain cleared up a, a year or so ago. And last season, I think he was playing pain-free. And like, as I say, he's still got it. What, what has always made him one of the best midfielders around, he still has that quality. Yes, do you have to compensate for some of the weaknesses in, in his game? Do you have to put players around him who can do the running that... He's never been a big fan of doing and maybe even even less so now than in, in the past. Yes, that's why you've got Fede Valverde there. You can have Chuameni or Camavinga in there when they're fit and, and available. But I think you still want to try and find a place in the team for, for Tony Cross. And Ancelotti knows that. And that's what he's tried to do this season because he knows that, that yes, whatever kind of defects he has in his game, what he can offer, what he can bring you in terms of the positives, you know, he can do things that no other player in this Real Madrid squad can do. Maybe he just found golf and... Wants to Is that what happened to you? Wants to go off and, uh, my, well, my body gave up, but mm. I, uh, I, he's not quite at that stage yet. But to go back to that pass just briefly, people would look at that and think, that's pretty an easy, pretty, uh, pretty easy pass. Well, I, I can tell you it's not because if he underhits it, the defender, uh, a defender cuts it out and it would be even easier to overhit it in what sense uh, Bram Diaz is coming in at pace from that right-hand side, has no chance of getting there. So, you know, to, you spot the pass, yeah, you see the pass, you then have to, as Alex said, you have to play the pass and it has to be at perfect pace. Otherwise, uh, Diaz doesn't get on the end of it. It's almost like a little cushion back in. Very easy to overhit this, particularly as it's bouncing towards you. If he overhits it, goes straight, the goalkeeper runs out for a goal kick. It's, it's just perfect. And look, I, I think when you get to the stage of the career Tony Cruz is at, you know, every time you get knocks, it's more difficult to come back from. And, you know, these things go through your head about, you know, maybe I should retire, maybe I can't do what I once did. But when you have younger guys around about you, when you're still playing in a successful team, and at the moment, you know, Real Madrid didn't have much success last year in terms of they didn't win La Liga, they didn't, they were not strong enough in the Champions League. But with Camavinga around, many around who are sort of not available at the moment, with Valverde around, there's... A bunch of guys there that can come in and look, don't forget, Luka Modric mm -hmm. plays these cameo roles as well. Yep. There's a bunch of guys that have got the energy around them.
Modric uh, right now recovering from injury, but it sounds like uh, pretty close to a return there. He wants to play as well, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And the, one of the big storylines around this Real Madrid team, of course, is what's going to happen with Carlo Ancelotti. Out of contract next summer. People are wondering, is he going to take over the Brazil job? That's what we've been hearing. But recently, maybe the last couple of weeks, we've been hearing some reports out of Spain that Real Madrid might want to work on an extension for Carlo Ancelotti. So, Alex, what more can you tell us here? What's your sense of how this is going to play out? Yeah, the big thing, I think, is that Real Madrid as a club aren't used to not being in control of the situation. You know, they want to be the ones making the decisions. They want to be the ones hiring and firing the managers. They don't want to be in a position where it's in the manager's hands, where it's Ancelotti deciding his, his future. And that's what it's felt like recently, hasn't it, with Ancelotti? Real Madrid manager, all this talk from Brazil about the national team job next summer. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I think Madrid wants to be the, the key thing for Madrid is that they want to be the ones making the decision. If Ancelotti stays, it's because Madrid want him to. If Ancelotti goes, it's because Madrid want him to. And that's why I think we've seen some talk in the last few weeks about the club thinking about offering Ancelotti a, a new deal. It might not mean that he stays any longer, but what it would mean is that the club are in control because of right now his current deal expires in, in, in June 2024, next summer. I mean, it's, it's a strange one. We knew going into this season it was going to be a little bit odd because the speculation and links with the Brazil job have been going on for, for a long, long time. It's a great position for Ancelotti to be in, to choose between the, being in charge of the biggest club in the world and arguably the, you know, the most successful national team in, in, in football history. Um, it, it's put some of the players in difficult positions as well. You talk about Rodrigo, of course, he gets asked about this all the time, him and Vinicius, and the Brazilian players in Real Madrid's squad get asked about this all the time. And in fact, Rodrigo was asked about it in the mix zone the other night and said, look, I can't talk about this. The club don't want me to talk about this, this speculation about Ancelotti's future. Ancelotti himself has always said my priority is Real Madrid I'm happy at Real Madrid I love coaching Real Madrid and he said the other day that he would wait until you know the last day of his contract to find out if Madrid wanted him to carry on or not that's been the the public messaging from from Ancelotti there has also been some reporting of course about his um, discussions whether direct or indirect with 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 Brazil ultimately like I say puts Ancelotti I think in in a great position and it puts Real Madrid in a little bit of an unusual position like I say with them not necessarily having kind of all the control, all the power and the final say about what's happening with the, the managerial hot seat. Mm. It's a very weak position for, for a country. And, and Alex mentioned it's such a historically successful country like Brazil, where it seems that they are just sitting there on their hands, mm. waiting on a manager making a decision that, as Alex said, could be made in the final 24 hours of, of his Isn't contract. Isn't Ancelotti worth waiting for? I mean, isn't he that manager? Yeah, but, if you're well, Brazil. But, uh, That's why Real Madrid seemed like they don't want to let him go. No, and I can understand that. But, you know, if you're looking at it from a Brazilian um, federation's point of view, how, how do you... You know, you're sitting there. That's another 12 months down the line almost. And, and he could just turn around and say, no, I don't want the job. Where does that leave them? They've got to build for the future. They've got to look to the future. I, I, I automatically thought, you know was of the thinking that this was pretty much a handshake job. He was mm -hmm. done deal. He was going to take the Brazil job. It was just a matter of time. But it, it, it seems not. It, it just seems a very weak position uh, to be in from a Brazilian point of view. Mm -hmm. And, of course, everybody focused on the 2026. Very worried about Brazil, you know. Yeah, I know. I know. What a way to go out, though, if he is going out, is managing a country of the stature of Brazil and not having to have that day-to-day -day pressure mm. of managing Real Madrid and all these big clubs that he has managed. But I suppose it's... It's in his blood, and if they're successful this season, and they could well be, mm -hmm. he might carry on. There you go. And, of course, the Copa America coming next summer here in the United States. Brazil uh, obviously will be one of the favorites for that one. Like a bad smell, we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> we will be back tomorrow, but I don't think this game will stink. Barcelona against Atletico Madrid.
2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Our coverage starts here on ESPN Plus. The two teams even on points so far this season. What about some score predictions? Of course, uh, everybody pretty much sitting on the fence. Oh, come on. Come on, guys. Come on. Uh, we got a few people picking Atleti and then the one non-expert. Uh, that's me, Seb, going for Barcelona. Dan <laughs> Uh, well, worryingly, Alex and I have gone for the same score. I know. Alex, you've gone Atleti 1-0. Why? Well, look, they're a notoriously defensive-minded team. They love a 1-0. But enough about Barcelona. Let's talk about <laughs> Atletico Madrid. And no, I think, I think it's going to be very tight. I think it's going to be very tight. There's not much in it. Barca have got a great defence, struggling to score. Lewandowski's been struggling to score. Atletico have been scoring goals for, for fun with Griezmann and Morata. But I still think it'll be, it'll be tight and there'll be very little in it. I was tempted by... Uh, by a 2-1, but I went for a 1-0 in the end because, like I say, I think there might just be the, the, the one goal. But it's going to be fascinating. It's going to tell us a lot about where Barcelona are. It's going to tell us a lot about where Atletico Madrid are and whether Atleti are ready to join Real Madrid and Girona in, in a title race, a three-way title race, or maybe with Barca, uh, even a four-way title race. It would be fantastic. Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, 3 p.m. kickoff on Sunday coverage starting at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time here on ESPN+. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 